Section 1 of The Empire of Business by Andrew Carnegie First published in 1902 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org The Empire of Business Section Number 1 The Road to Business Success A Talk to Young Men it is well that young men should begin at the beginning and occupy the most subordinate positions many of the leading businessmen of pittsburgh had a serious responsibility thrust upon them at the very threshold of their career they were introduced to the broom and spent the first hours of their business life sweeping out the office i notice we have janitors and janitresses now in offices and our young men unfortunately miss that salutary branch of a business education but if by chance the professional sweeper is absent any morning, the boy who has the genius of the future partner in him will not hesitate to try his hand at the broom. The other day a fond, fashionable mother in Michigan asked a young man whether he had ever seen a young lady sweep in a room so grandly as her Priscilla. He said no, he never had, and the mother was gratified beyond measure. But then said he, after a pause, what I should like to see her do is sweep out a room. It does not hurt the newest comer to sweep out the office if necessary. I was one of those sweepers myself, and who do you suppose were my fellow sweepers? David McCargo, now superintendent of the Allegheny Valley Railroad, Robert Pitcairn, superintendent of the Pennsylvania Railroad, and Mr. Moreland, city attorney. We all took turns, two each morning did the sweeping, and now I remember Davy was so proud of his clean white shirt bosom that he used to spread it over an old silk bandana handkerchief which he kept for the purpose, and we other boys thought he was putting on airs. So he was. None of us had a silk handkerchief. Assuming that you have all obtained employment and are fairly started, my advice to you is aim high. I would not give a fig for the young man who does not already see himself the partner or the head of an important firm. Do not rest content for a moment in your thoughts as head clerk or foreman or general manager in any concern, no matter how extensive. Say each to yourself, my place is at the top. Be king in your dreams. Make your vow that you will reach that position with untarnished reputation, and make no other vow to distract your attention except the very commendable one that, when you are a member of the firm or before that, if you have been promoted two or three times, you will form another partnership with the loveliest of her sex, a partnership to which our new partnership act has no application. The liability there is never limited. Let me indicate two or three conditions essential to success. Do not be afraid that I am going to moralize or inflict a homily upon you. I speak upon the subject only from the view of a man of the world, desirous of aiding you to become successful businessmen. You all know that there is no genuine, praiseworthy success in life if you are not honest, truthful, fair-dealing. I assume you are, and will remain all these, and also that you are determined to live pure, respectable lives, free from pernicious or equivocal associations with one sex or the other. There is no credible future for you else. Otherwise, your learning and your advantages not only go for naught, but serve to accentuate your failure and your disgrace. I hope you will not take it amiss if I warn you against three of the gravest dangers which will beset you in your upward path. 
the first and most seductive and the destroyer of most young men is the drinking of liquor i am no temperance lecturer in disguise but a man who knows and tells you what observation has proved to him and i say to you that you are more likely to fail in your career from acquiring the habit of drinking liquor than any other or all the other temptations likely to assail you you may yield to almost any other temptation and reform may brace up and if not recover lost ground at least remain in the race and secure and maintain a respectable position but from the insane thirst for liquor escape is almost impossible i have known but few exceptions to this rule first then you must not drink liquor to excess better if you do not touch it at all much better but if this be too hard a rule for you then take your stand firmly here resolve never to touch it except at meals a glass at dinner will not hinder your advance in life or lower your tone but i implore you hold it inconsistent with the dignity and self-respect of gentlemen with what is due from yourselves to yourselves being the men you are and especially the men you are determined to become to drink a glass of liquor at a bar be far too much of the gentleman ever to enter a bar-room you do not pursue your careers in safety unless you stand firmly upon this ground adhere to it and you have escaped danger from the deadliest of your foes the next greatest danger to a young business man in this community i believe to be that of speculation when i was a telegraph operator here we had no exchanges in the city but the men or firms who speculated upon the eastern exchanges were necessarily known to the operators they could be counted on the fingers of one hand these men were not our citizens of first repute they were regarded with suspicion i have lived to see all of these speculators irreparably ruined men bankrupt in money and bankrupt in character there is scarcely an instance of a man who has made a fortune by speculation and kept it gamesters die poor and there is certainly not an instance of a speculator who has lived a life creditable to himself or advantageous to the community the man who grasps the morning paper to see first how his speculative ventures upon the exchanges are likely to result unfits himself for the calm consideration and proper solution of business problems with which he has to deal later in the day and saps the sources of that persistent and concentrated energy upon which depend the permanent success and often the very safety of his main business the speculator and the business man tread diverging lines the former depends upon the sudden turn of fortune's wheel he is a millionaire to-day a bankrupt to-morrow but the man of business knows that only by years of patient unremitting attention to affairs can he earn his reward which is the result not of chance but of well-devised means for the attainment of ends during all these years his is the cheering thought by no possibility can he benefit himself without carrying prosperity to others the speculator on the other hand had better never have lived so far as the good of others or the good of the community is concerned hundreds of young men were tempted in the city not long since to gamble in oil and many were ruined all were injured whether they lost or won you may be nay you are certain to be similarly tempted but when so tempted i hope you will remember this advice say to the tempter who asks you to risk your small savings that if ever you decide to speculate you are determined to go to a regular 
and well-conducted house where they cheat fair you can get fair play and about an equal chance upon the red and black in such a place upon the exchange you have neither you might as well try your luck with a three-card monte man there's another point involved in speculation nothing is more essential to young businessmen than untarnished credit credit begotten of confidence in their prudence principles and stability of character well believe me nothing kills credit sooner in any bank board than the knowledge that either firms or men engage in speculation it matters not a whit whether gains or losses be the temporary result of these operations the moment a man is known to speculate his credit is impaired and soon thereafter it is gone how can a man be credited whose resources may be swept away in one hour by a panic among gamesters who can tell how he stands among them except that this is certain he has given due notice that he may stand to lose all so that those who credit him have themselves to blame resolved to be businessmen but speculators never the third and last danger against which i shall warn you is one which has wrecked many a fair craft which started well and gave promise of a prosperous voyage it is the perilous habit of endorsing all the more dangerous inasmuch as it assails one generally in the garb of friendship it appeals to your generous instincts and you say how can i refuse to lend my name only to assist a friend it is because there is so much that is true and commendable in that view that the practice is so dangerous let me endeavor to put you upon safe honorable grounds in regard to it i would say to you to make it a rule now never endorse but this is too much like never taste wine or never smoke or any other of the nevers they generally result in exceptions you will as businessmen now and then probably become security for friends now here is the line at which regard for the success of friends should cease and regard for your own honor begin if you owe anything all your capital and all your effects are a solemn trust in your hands to be held inviolate for the security of those who have trusted you nothing can be done by you with honor which jeopardizes these first claims upon you when a man in debt endorses for another it is not his own credit or his own capital he risks it is that of his own creditors he violates a trust mock you then never endorse until you have cash means not required for your own debts and never endorse beyond those means before you endorse at all consider endorsements as gifts and ask yourselves whether you wish to make the gift to your friend or whether the money is really yours to give and not a trust for your creditors you are not safe gentlemen unless you stand firmly upon this as the only ground which an honest business man can occupy i beseech you avoid liquor speculation and endorsement do not fail in either for liquor and speculation are the scylla and charybdis of the young man's business sea and endorsement is rock ahead assuming you are safe in regard to these your gravest dangers the question now is how to rise from the subordinate position you have imagined you in through these successive grades to the position for which you are in my opinion and i trust in your own evidently intended i can give you the secret it lies mainly in this instead of the question what must i do for my employer substitute what can i do 
faithful and conscientious discharge of the duties assigned you is all very well but the verdict in such cases generally is that you perform your present duties so well that you had better continue performing them now young gentlemen this will not do it will not do for the coming partners there must be something beyond this we make clerks bookkeepers treasurers bank tellers of this class and there they remain to the end of the chapter the rising man must do something exceptional and beyond the range of his special department he must attract attention a shipping clerk he may do so by discovering in an invoice an arrow with which he has nothing to do and which has escaped the attention of the proper party if a weighing clerk he may save the firm by doubting the adjustment of the scales and having them corrected even if this be the province of the master mechanic if a messenger boy even he can lay the seed of promotion by going beyond the letter of his instructions in order to secure the desired reply there is no service so low and simple neither any so high in which the young man of ability and willing disposition cannot readily and almost daily prove himself capable of greater trust and usefulness and what is equally important show his invincible determination to rise some day in your own department you will be directed to do or say something which you know will prove disadvantage to the interest of the firm here is your chance stand up like a man and say so say it boldly and give your reasons and thus prove to your employer that while his thoughts have been engaged upon other matters you have been studying during hours when perhaps he thought you asleep how to advance his interests you may be right or you may be wrong but in either case you have gained the first condition of success you have attracted attention your employer has found that he is not a mere hireling in his service but a man not one who is content to give so many hours of work for so many dollars in return but one who devotes his spare hours and constant thoughts to the business such an employee must perforce be thought of and thought of kindly and well it will not be long before his advice is asked in a special branch and if the advice given be sound it will soon be asked and taken upon questions of broader bearing this means partnership if not with present employers then with others your foot in such case is upon the latter the amount of climbing done depends entirely upon yourself one false axiom you will often hear which i wish to guard you against obey orders if you break owners don't you do it there is no rule for you to follow always break orders to save owners there never was a great character who did not sometimes smash the routine regulations and make new ones for himself the rule is only suitable for such as have no aspirations and you have not forgotten that you are destined to be owners and to make orders and break orders do not hesitate to do it whenever you assure the interests of your employer will be thereby promoted and when you are so sure of the result that you are willing to take the responsibility you will never be a partner unless you know the business of your department far better than the owners possibly can when called to account for your independent action show him the result of your genius and tell him that you knew that it would be so show him how mistaken the orders were boss your boss just as soon as you can try it on early there is nothing he will like so well if he is the right kind of boss if he is not he is not the man for you to remain with leave him whenever you can 
even at a present sacrifice and find one capable of discerning genius our young partners in the carnegie firm have won their spurs by showing that we did not know half as well what was wanted as they did some of them have acted upon occasion with me as if they owned the firm and i was but some airy new yorker presuming to advise upon what i knew very little about well they are not interfered with much now they were the true bosses the very men we were looking for there is one sure mark of the coming partner the future millionaire his revenues always exceed his expenditures he begins to save early almost as soon as he begins to earn no matter how little it may be possible to save save that little invest it securely not necessarily in bonds but in anything which you have good reason to believe will be profitable but no gambling with it remember a rare chance will soon present itself for investment the little you have saved will prove the basis for an amount of credit utterly surprising to you capitalists trust the saving young man for every hundred dollars you can produce as the result of hard-won savings midas in search of a partner will lend or credit a thousand for every thousand fifty thousand it is not capital that your seniors require it is the man who has proved that he has the business habits which create capital and to create it in the best of all possible ways as far as self-discipline is concerned is by adjusting his habits to his means gentlemen it is the first hundred dollars save which tells begin at once to lay up something the b predominates in the future millionaire of course there are better higher aims than saving as an end the acquisition of wealth is ignoble in the extreme i assume that you save and long for wealth only as a means of enabling you the better to do something good in your day and generation make a note of this essential rule expenditure always within income you may grow impatient or become discouraged when year by year you float on in subordinate positions there is no doubt that it is becoming harder and harder as business gravitates more and more to immense concerns for a young man without capital to get a start for himself and in this city especially where large capital is essential it is unusually difficult still let me tell you for your encouragement that there is no country in the world where able and energetic young men can so readily rise as this nor any city where there is more room at the top it has been impossible to meet the demand for capable first-class bookkeepers mark the adjectives the supply has never been equal to the demand young men give all kinds of reasons why in their cases failure was clearly attributable to exceptional circumstances which render success impossible some never had a chance according to their own story this is simply nonsense no young man ever lived who had not had a chance and a splendid chance too if he ever was employed at all he is assayed in the mind of his immediate superior from the day he begins work and after a time if he has merits he is assayed in the council chamber of the firm his ability honesty habits associations temper disposition all these are weighed and analyzed the young man who never had a chance is the same young man who has been canvassed over and over again by his superiors and found destitute of necessary qualifications or is deemed unworthy of closer relations with the firm owing to some objectionable act habit or association of which he thought his employers ignorant 
another class of young men attribute their failure to employers having relations or favorites whom they advance unfairly they also insist that their employers dislike brighter intelligences than their own and are disposed to discourage aspiring genius and delight in keeping young men down there is nothing in this on the contrary there is no one suffering so much for lack of the right man in the right place nor so anxious to find him as the owner there is not a firm in pittsburgh to-day which is not in the constant search for business ability and every one of them will tell you that there is no article in the market at all times so scarce there is always a boom in brains cultivate that crop for if you grow any amount of that commodity here is your best market and you cannot overstock it and the more brains you have to sell the higher price you can exact they are not quite so sure a crop as wild oats which never fail to produce a bountiful harvest but they have the advantage over these in always finding a market do not hesitate to engage in any legitimate business for there is no business in america i do not care what which will not yield a fair profit if it receive the unremitting exclusive attention and all the capital of capable and industrious men every business will have its season of depression years always come during which the manufacturers and merchants of the city are severely tried years when mills must be run not for profit but at a loss that the organization and men may be kept together and employed and the concern may keep its products in the market but on the other hand every legitimate business producing or dealing in an article which man requires is bound in time to be fairly profitable if properly conducted and here is the prime condition of success the great secret concentrate your energy thought and capital exclusively upon the business in which you are engaged having begun in one line resolve to fight it out on that line to lead in it adopt every improvement have the best machinery and know the most about it the concerns which fail are those which have scattered their capital which means that they have scattered their brains also they have investments in this or that or the other here there and everywhere don't put all your eggs in one basket is all wrong i tell you put all your eggs in one basket and then watch that basket look round you and take notice men who do that do not often fail it is easy to watch and carry the one basket it is trying to carry too many baskets that one breaks most eggs in this country he who carries three baskets must put one on his head which is apt to tumble and trip him up one fault of the american business man is lack of concentration to summarize what i have said aim for the highest never enter a barroom do not touch liquor or if at all only at meals never speculate never endorse beyond your surplus cash fund make the firm's interest yours break orders always to save owners concentrate put all your eggs in one basket and watch that basket expenditure always within revenue lastly be not impatient for as emerson says no one can cheat you out of ultimate success but yourselves i congratulate poor young men upon being born to that ancient and honorable degree which renders it necessary that they should devote themselves to hard work a basket full of bonds is the heaviest basket a young man ever had to carry he generally gets to staggering under it we have in this city credible instances of such young men 
who have pressed to the front rank of our best and most useful citizens they deserve great credit but the vast majority of the sons of rich men are unable to resist the temptations to which wealth subjects them and sink to unworthy lives i would almost as soon leave a young man a curse as burden him with the almighty dollar it is not from this class you have rivalry to fear the partner's sons will not trouble you much but look out that some boys poorer much poorer than yourselves whose parents cannot afford to give them the advantages of a course in this institute advantages which should give you a decided lead in the race look out that such boys do not challenge you at the post and pass you at the grandstand look out for the boy who has to plunge into work direct from the common school and who begins by sweeping out the office he is the probable dark horse that you had better watch and a uh, section number one a talk to young men